This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 108. Oh, I'm so tired. Of the in-between podcast where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel Lim. And I'm Christina M. Well, yes, I am tired as well. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you feel like we've like gone from one thing to another? Yes, so if yeah. you live in Canada and you're listening from Canada, you probably just finished school for your kids about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first day of school, of online school, and I was like, we're not going to make it. And yeah. then the last day of school, I'm like, how did we make it? Yeah. But now I'm like summer camps have been canceled all of their summer activities outside of the home have been canceled so i'm tired yes <laughs> like tired to tired to tired anyone yes. else feel like this? oh <laughs> yes yes and we need keys right we need ways to move beyond uh being exhausted and that's why we are interviewing laura Howe today a friend on seven keys to resiliency for the exhausted parent. So we know you're going to love this. Mm-hmm. You want to give a bit of background around Laura before we sure. get into this? Laura and I actually met on the first day of university. We both did our bachelors of social work together. So she is a registered social worker who has worked in the mental health sector for almost a decade and a half, specializing in adult mental health and addictions. Laura has worked as a frontline social worker, offering therapy, advocacy, and addictions counseling. She recently started an organization called Hope Made Strong, which she'll talk about a little bit uh, at the top of the episode. And it's dedicated to equipping leaders with the mental health resources needed to create resilient individuals and churches with knowledgeable and confident leadership. Awesome. Well, we know you're going to enjoy this episode. So let's listen in. Welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you here. Oh, I am so thrilled to connect with you guys again. So we were just uh, laughing before we pressed record. I thought it's been 14 years since we've seen you. It's actually been 50 years. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. Plus or minus a few years, right? Yeah. No, it's actually almost been two decades, which I just feel like Wild. aged me exponentially because I don't feel like it's been that long. But um, <laughs> yeah, so for those who don't know, uh, we knew each other back in in university, first year university. We were both in uh, social work and learning the ways of all of that, (laughs) of structural (laughs) systems and yeah, knowing all of that and uh, and look at where we are now. So it's amazing. Yeah, it's really, really, uh, it really, really is. They say like, you know. Thank goodness for Facebook or back then MSN because we were able to stay connected all these years. At least you didn't say ICQ. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. So a few things have changed since then, including technology. You actually started an organization called Hope Made Strong. And we'd love to hear uh, what that is and what inspired you to start this organization. 
Oh, I'm I'm so excited to connect with you guys and tell you all about this. So, um, Hope Made Strong, we're I'm an organization that offers online courses and workshops uh, that specifically focuses on um, caregivers and those who are supporting in the role of ministry leaders. So, mm. um, if you are like a small groups leader or on a prayer team, or you visit people in the hospitals, and you you love and you're passionate about supporting and building up other people. Um, the resources that I offer are blogs and YouTube videos and courses that really add value and strategies and tools to help you do that work well. So I'm excited uh, to be able to connect um, my background in social work and mental health to uh, ministry and uh, missions, which is kind of where I started in my journey why I went to school for social work. So <laughs> it's kind of a coming together of worlds, which is pretty exciting. So this has only been about a year and a half right now that I've been um, doing this, um, but it's been building for um, for a couple of years. Love that. And, and I love how you called it, Hope Made Strong. Uh, mm-hmm. Such a wonderful uh, kind of a declaration or, or, or a way to even just to have a, a, a nice board above. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Right? You know, on the wall. Strong. Yeah, yeah I mean, totally. it's incredible. <laughs> incredible. All those like those metal things. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> Where it came from was you're a caregiver and you're just exhausted from taking care care of everyone. You kind of mm-hmm. lose hope about where you're going or what your purpose is or what you're all about. And um it's not about finding hope outside, but it's the hope within and strengthening what is inside of you to, to come alive and to really fulfill that purpose. So that's oh. kind of the background. Oh, we love that. Love that. And an area yeah. that we definitely need that is parenting. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. As parents, um, there really is a never ending list of to do's and not to mention the parent guilt of I haven't done enough oh, or yeah, is it okay that our kids are still watching or on <laughs> iPad and you know we have that sense of that parent guilt that we honestly put upon ourselves so I guess our first question Laura is how how as parents can we care for ourselves so that we can support our kids yeah like I'm a parent, just to throw that out there right now. I have a nine and seven year old girls who are currently watching TV unattended. So I'm right in there with all with all y'all parents out there trying yep. to um, balance all of that. Um, but when I was preparing and thinking about doing this podcast, um, the scripture that came to mind is in the Bible. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to a young leader or apprentice named Timothy, and in the book of the in the Bible. This, this letter is um, called Second Timothy. And in the letter, he describes ministry as being put, pouring out as a drink offering mm. and pouring out of yourselves. And so when I think of all the caring for others and kids and your community and your mother-in-law and your neighbor and your friend and, and your, your spouse and, and everyone, you're really pouring out and giving of yourself. So by empathizing and supporting that's, you know, it's like an emptying of ourselves. And I don't know a single parent, myself included, who hasn't experienced this almost in a physical way. Mm-hmm. Like I am completely depleted. I'm exhausted. I have nothing left to give anyone. And I think we often see that as a fault of ourselves. Like we're not good enough parents or we're not strong enough, or I'm not able to do that. But this isn't of this feeling of depleted and exhaustion isn't a fault of parenting or anything that you did wrong at all. 
This is just a natural, normal experience of empathizing and caregiving. Hmm. Only those who care become fatigued. So if someone didn't feel tired or feel exhausted, then they probably didn't pour out of themselves. Mm. So once you have an understanding that in order to be able to do um, the day in and day out, like the caregiving and the helping of everyone, when you have an understanding that that is depleting you and that's not a fault of yours, then it kind of takes some of the guilt off of Mm -hmm. filling yourself back up. Because that's the only way to be able to give out. And only those who care and are compassionate and give constantly become fatigued. Wow. So fatigue isn't something to feel bad about. Fatigue is like, okay, I gave everything. So now I need to set aside time to fill myself back up mm-hmm. so that I can give again. Mm-hmm. That. Laura, that is so powerful. There's so many times in an in episode where we can be like, just press pause for a second. Yes. <laughs> And think about what was said. The reason why, podcast family, you might be feeling exhausted right now isn't because of something that you lack, isn't because something that you made a mistake of, but because you poured out, because you cared for your children, especially during this pandemic. I know how many times where I went to bed absolutely exhausted and really believing those lies, Laura, where I'm like, I should have done more. Mm. Why didn't I do this? Why didn't, you know, when my child was acting this way, why didn't I do this instead of that? And going to bed feeling guilt ridden. So I love that perspective of you're just changing it. You're turning the quarter on its head and saying, no, 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 no. It's not the fact that you didn't care. It's because you cared. You did a good job. Yeah. 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 Hear that. You did a good good. job. Mm. That's fantastic. So the next question then, Laura, is I love how we address that lie. It's not that what you didn't do. It's what you did. You did a good job. Um, But we're still tired. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. And right? sometimes yeah. we wake up tired too. Yeah, so. exactly. I mean, yeah. I can tell myself a hundred times, Christina, you did a good job. You did a good job. I can write it on, you know, a notepad. Yeah. I can make letters onto a vision board of saying you did a great job. <laughs> and yet I still yeah. feel tired. Yeah. So do you have any advice for us as parents and for our podcast family of ways that we can relax of ways that we can not feel so exhausted. Yeah, for sure. So I call these the seven keys to resiliency. Um, uh, Yeah, fancy name. Let me, (laughs) it's kind of fun how you, you don't have to like, okay, how can I make this into marketing? No, I just, it's it's seven things that um, I have kind of popped up over and over and over that I've seen. Um, And these are just different things that you can do to fill yourself up again. So in order to do that good job again, in order to pour out more, because we know tomorrow morning, they're going to want 500 snacks. <laughs> of course, you, yep. you, you need to fill yourself up again. So I have, uh, there's seven different things that I like to kind of point out. And I don't know, did you want to go through them? Um, yeah, we yes, can use all the it. tools that we can get, yes. Let's, especially <laughs> during the summer. Whew, those kids want like 800 snacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For real. I don't know, but my grocery bill is like ridiculous. Oh so, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> um, so the first one um, that I point to, the first key is knowing who you are. 
you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Like God created you on purpose and for a purpose. And no other human being is ever going to have your gifts and talents that you have in that combination. And so when we have that guilt, it's like, I didn't do enough. I didn't have enough or I didn't craft enough. Then it's like, okay, wait a minute. But is that how I'm made? Hmm. And I can tell you right now, I am not a crafty mom. I actually, anytime my kid gets a gift that's craft stuff, I hide it. <laughs> I, <don't laughs> I love it. <laughs> I know. But anyway, I'm sure well, there's parents that are like, glitter. oh, oh no glitter. No, that's yeah. a slime. Oh nope, not in this oh. house. <laughs> yeah. For knowing who you are. So you can use tools like the Enneagram or the Colby or the disc, or there's a lot of tools out there that you can use to find out. It's okay to be introverted. It's okay to hate crafts. It's okay to um, be what you are and um, to find peace in that, that, you know what, I don't have to feel guilty about not wanting to do crafts because I don't like them, but I'm mm-hmm. going to rock teaching my kids how to plant in the garden, or I'm going to make banana bread, or I'm going to puzzle, or I'm going to, you know, do play card games or whatever, knowing what your gifts are and what your interests are and how God created you and bringing those gifts into parenting and being okay and at peace with that is a big deal. Yeah, for sure. I can think of the times where I tried to be the crafty mom and I ended up being the angry mom (laughs) instead because I was like, that's way too messy. You can't do that. You can't. And there was a lot of la, 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 la. No, 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 no. Yeah, Or you spend the whole time cleaning up Mm -hmm. while they're doing it instead of enjoying it with Ah, them. Exactly. Yeah, Versus other times where you just find yourself so connected with your child and playing alongside them and and time just kind of just flies by yeah. so. mm-hmm. yeah. exactly and there was a point in time I think last year or the year before I was really exhausted I had a lot of things going at the same time one of my oldest um, she's in a theater program and I was asked to help with costume making and I was oh. just like oh and <laughs> thankfully I had the wherewithal to be like is there any, like, is that the only area of volunteers that you need? Because it's really hard to say no to people who are giving into your children's That's lives. That's very but true. Questions and saying, and it turns out there was other areas. Instead, I helped with hair and makeup for the production. So, mm. you know, there was something else that fit more what I was um, skilled in. So I think, you know, asking questions and being creative. Perfect. And being okay with not. Of That's who awesome. you are. That's awesome. So yeah. know who you are is one key. What's the next one? It's the first key. Second key is meditation. Okay. So meditation really has caught up what we know is truth from the Bible. Back in the Old Testament, so thousands of years ago, Joshua and in Psalms, there are scriptures that talk about the regular practice of meditation does the body good. And we see now in research and science that that is really showing that that is to help. So Practicing refocusing your mind and thoughts towards God and taking those moments. And, you know, we know that we don't have the 30 minutes or the 50 minutes or the <laughs> even sometimes 10 minutes to right. meditate, but taking the moments between to slow your mind and to breathe um, is really helpful. So um, that could be an extra moment in the bathroom or you know, getting before you get out of bed or the different things. It's taking some time 
to slow and allow your body to slow those racing thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's good. So give us a time frame, right? Because is that like an hour thing? Is that a one minute thing? Give us a few so ideas. So sometimes I just do one minute. So um, we all know those moments um, while we hope that we know those moments before, you know, addressing our child or disciplining our child. Like if they've done something, having to go in to talk with them, that door hand on the door handle, mm-hmm. taking those few moments of breath before you go in to make sure that your mind is settled. It's kind of taking that moment and and applying that kind of concept to every day. So it would be ideal if we could have a 20 minute meditation, but right. let's be real. That doesn't <laughs> often happen. 20 so seconds. Yeah. So taking those 30 seconds, to be able to, okay, okay, take a deep breath in, hold, and then a slow breath out. Doing that one or two times before going into the next, before you walk through any door. Mm-hmm. So I, when, if you put your hand on the hand onto a handle, like going in the house, out of the house, into the bathroom, out of the bathroom, wherever, when you put your hand on a door, taking that as kind of a cue to take a few deep breaths. So where I'm at, what's going on, what am I feeling? Let's take the next step. So that's kind of just a quick moment. Mm -hmm. If you, if you had the opportunity to meditate um, on uh, my blog, I have just a kind of a quick, easy, simple guide for meditation. Mm -hmm. And it can make people feel really uncomfortable, because they're usually running at a mile a minute. But learning how to slow your body's response down and your breathing slow down because oftentimes we're breathing so heavy in our chest and we're not getting all the oxygen and we're just running, 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 Mm. being able to take the time. There's an app out there that's really helpful. It's called abide. And it's a Christian meditation app that has guided meditations on so many topics as one month free, but that's, that's just through their thing. So it's really, really helpful. If, If you're curious a little bit more to learn a little bit more about meditation. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of the Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babylon, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. Wonderful. Now, um, as a lot of us are still at home with our kids full time because of the pandemic and then being uh, at home because of the summer as well, is there any time that may be appropriate to enter into meditation with our children there as well to help sort of them uh, learn about it and learn how to calm their nerves or, or calm their bodies down? Good idea, Christina. <laughs> 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 because it's really it's that's really great for our kids mm-hmm. to be able to um, learn how to self-soothe, right. learn how to feel good or recognize emotions or identify how they're feeling in the moment. Um, but yeah, there would be tons, I would think, kid-friendly meditations or go on the Abide app to research mm-hmm. or like on their search thing for for kids or parents. Yeah, I think it would just be wonderful. Maybe just another moment mm. that we can even spend together of just 
uh, taking a deep breath before we, any of us are responding to each other. So yeah, I think that's something that we've done a few times, not many times, but a few times with our kids together. And it's really uh, changed the atmosphere in the environment or even just be like, you know what, we're just going to take a few moments to pray and Mm -hmm. ask mommy and daddy need wisdom right now. So we're just going to pray and then we'll, uh, we'll get back to you in that way. So I love that. Meditation Meditation's less about being silent and mm-hmm. more and more about um, refocusing our our mindset. I our mindsets that, yeah. are usually really on crisis or urgent or the, mm-hmm. the next thing in front of us, and it's um, slowing that processing process down so our body and mind can catch up to the emotions or emotions. Yeah, our emotions and body can connect to our mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, one thing I found helpful, and I'll often do this before the kids get up. Uh, but after reading this, the Bible and I'll actually just set a timer for myself, 10 minutes. Um, yeah. and this, it, it only works when everyone's still sleeping. <laughs> That's what you get up at four in the yes, morning. Yeah, no, not at four. Uh, but yeah, I'll just set my timer for 10 minutes and then I'll just meditate on what I just read and yes. I'll pray and I'll just keep my eyes closed. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's amazing to see. Uh, some days how scatterbrained my mm, mind is mm-hmm. and other and I was like why am I thinking about and other times where I'm really able to relinquish relinquish and let go of that so that's that's huge so so uh, you said the first key was know who you are the second key was meditation and Laura what's the third key third one is staying connected so we're okay. created to be in relationship with one another between you know friends and people around us as well as with God um, so during COVID and pandemic, like, I don't think there's a single person out there. If there was anyone that was doubting how valuable relationships are and connecting are, I'm pretty sure that they mm-hmm. are not doubting anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Even the yeah. highly introverted friends that I have are like, oh my goodness, I'm lonely. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's amazing how um, refreshing it can feel to connect and to laugh again. That one is is definitely builds your resiliency and builds your ability to bounce back from from difficult things and and withstand challenges mm-hmm. for sure. Now, given mm-hmm. um, our circumstances and we have had to be creative in the ways that we're staying connected, what have you done for yourself to be able to stay connected to uh, your friends and your family, or what as you and your and your family, your husband and your kids have done to stay connected? Yeah, we've done some driveway visits, which I know in some areas that no, wasn't allowed. So I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> in your area, it's allowed. So that's okay. In our area. I know it's so different. Allowed. It's so different wherever you go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And our, and our like trails and stuff were all still open. Mm-hmm. So that, um, but we, we did board games over zoom. It was pretty cool. <laughs> oh, interesting. So did both people yeah. have, did both people have the same game then? Like how did that work? Yeah. Like Battleship works really well. <laughs> both That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And the game pandemic actually is a cooperative game. So one person had the board okay. and because of cooperative games, you kind of discuss about each and every move. Right. We were able to just do that over, over Zoom. Oh, how ironic, right? I know. Playing the game pandemic during yeah, the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a little bit too close to home. I'm not going to lie. I was like, this is making me uncomfortable. Please don't die. Please don't die. <laughs> one of yeah. Those. yeah. Happy endings, please. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we won. We won. Yay, yay. <laughs> you're trying to get over it 
<laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's such a interesting and neat idea to be able to do that. Um, especially, you know, of kids. I know we've played, uh, the kids have played card games over Zoom, like war yeah. and different things like that. So that may yeah. be, you know, you don't have to spend an extra $50, just, you know, $2 or something for a, a card game that you can yeah, continue to stay yeah. connected, even though we're not, we're still physically distancing. So I love that. Yeah. All right. So staying connected, that's great. What's the next uh, key to resiliency? Number four is self-care. Ooh. So, yeah. That, this, is, this is like this hard. Is I don't know. This is hard for me. <laughs> yeah. So some people um, ha- struggle with the term self-care. So you can use soul care if that is more in alignment with what you believe. But yeah, mm. self-care. So I truly believe that self-care is part of the great commandment to love others as yourself. So we oftentimes, as people who um, are of faith, sometimes feel that the great commission of going and doing and be like acting and engaging in work, mm-hmm. um, the great commission over supersedes the great greatest commandment of loving. Mm-hmm. And that we need to maybe realign that a little bit and have that the greatest commandment of loving one another as yourself is is really important. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be expensive or time consuming or even self-indulgent. That's what a lot of people, when you think of self-care, you think of smoothies and running 5k and going to the spa. And that's not what self-care is. <laughs> oh, running a 5k does not sound like self-care to me. <laughs> that's self-destruction. What are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> right? Chips. And yeah. Lots what of chips. self-care is? Yeah. Well, if you think of self-care is that, then you're like, oh, that does not align with me. You know, mm-hmm. what, my one of my biggest self-care things is going to the grocery store and buying one of those pre-made rotisserie chickens. <gasps> Boom. Yeah. Dinner. Done. There you go. Yeah. yeah. You can get yeah. a few dinners out of that. You boil those chicken bones and you got yeah. soup. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was like Christmas dinner for me growing up. It was like the fact that we could have a rotisserie chicken is like, what? And your mama's like, I don't have to cook. Yeah. <laughs> Win, win. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know, it could be anything that uh, feeds your soul and rejuvenates your body. So, you know, people say that, you know what, I'm just going to have self-care. I'm going to stay up till midnight and I'm going to eat this pint of ice cream. <laughs> you know, that's that is maybe not self-care. That is, you know, just making choices. And I'm not saying if they're right or wrong, but self-care really is. Um, rejuvenating your soul and um, resting your body. That's now, a good, that's a good definition. Yes, I like that. Now, is self care like how often should this be done? I'm a very like, okay, tell me what to do, and I'm gonna do it. <laughs> this is good for me. I'm gonna do it. So, is that like, is it like a meditation thing? Like, you should be doing this, you know, a few times a day when you can squeeze it in, or is this like a, a one and done thing once a week? What are your recommendations? Well, I definitely think you need to have um, something that is fulfills you every day. Because if we're giving out constantly, then every day you need to fulfill something. So sometimes, like, because it, it doesn't have to be big. It could be going to bed early. It could mm. be, you know, as much, like, this is going to sound kind of gross, but it just came to my mind. It could be, like, trimming your fingernails and your toenails because you're so busy. It's, like, doing something that's kind mm. to yourself. Right. Like, what would you say and encourage a friend to do? And if you can do that for yourself, then that's what self-care is. And 
um, I, I have a thing called must be nice syndrome. Um, I, 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 when people start to be cynical or think of, oh, must be nice. They get to go do that. That's kind of a red flag that you're lacking in the self-care department. Oh, interesting. So if you find yourself thinking, oh, that must be nice. I wish I could, you know, do that. Oh, that must be nice. Her kids just, you know, play by themselves and I don't have to pretend to be a fairy for three hours. Like that (laughs) must be nice. Like then you're probably lacking in the self-care department. Do something kind to yourself. What would you tell a friend if they were saying that? Then do that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. All right. So that's self-care or soul care. What's the next key to resiliency? Boundaries. Mm. Oh, my God. This is such a good one. Wow, the good one's hard. Why? (laughs) It's so hard, right? So so resiliency is all about ability to withstand and ability to overcome. Having strong boundaries is important because then you know what your limits are. They're like fences around your house. You know what's res- what you're responsible for. And then there's gates where you know who's coming and who's going and on what terms are they're coming and going. Um, and even Jesus would often say no to people and yes to spending time alone refueling. Hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So boundaries isn't something that you need when you're worn out. It's what you need to survive. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is not something that is, you know, the last measure. Okay. I'm going to put up boundaries that I can't take this anymore. No, it's okay. And healthy to have boundaries from the very beginning. So what would you say to someone who uh, is listening and being like, okay, that sounds great, but I don't know how to do that. <laughs> or I've tried before and then I've lost friends or my family has yeah. been angry at me. Like what, yeah. what can we do in those situations? So boundaries, there's a lot of different way of boundaries. Boundaries can be what's acceptable and boundaries can be just boundaries on your time. So um, what are you talking about? I think um, I would say probably both in that sense of, uh, you know, you're just learning to say no, whether that's time or whether that's uh, different avenues in your own life and other people getting upset of like, wait, you never said no to me before. Why? What What did I do to you to deserve this yeah. or so on and so forth? Um, yeah, just what What are things that we can we can do in those instances? So what I really encourage people to do is rather than focusing on the word no, because no is probably the hardest word in the, in, to say and to mm-hmm. tell people. If you think you're rejecting, you put it's cold, it's putting up, you know, walls. But actually, rather than focusing on the no, focus on what you're saying yes to. Hmm. So if someone says, Hey, can you, you know, watch my kid for three hours, I need to do XYZ, and you're tapped out, and you're really not okay with that. You say, actually, I've already said yes to and tell people what you're saying yes to. Um, And it's okay to say yes. I like that. To, um, to, you know, I've already said, I already told uh, my daughter that I was going to, you know, do this one thing with her. So unfortunately, that's it. So tell people what you're yes to because you're not focusing then on the no. Hmm. You're telling people about your commitment. You're telling people about your values. And people don't feel rejected when you say what you're going to say, when you tell them what you're going to say yes to. They most likely are like, oh, absolutely. I would never, you know, for sure, you know, check you next time. You know, so even even if people are working and someone asks you to stay late or do an extra project, um, 
I've already committed to doing this project that's going to take me to the end of the week. Unfortunately, I'm not able to take that on right now. So focus on telling people what you're saying yes to rather than telling people no, because you're not pushing people away. You're just showing what your commitment is. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice that I know uh, all of our podcast family can, I mean, including us can uh, implement this week. Even today, I was thinking, oh, I could have said a yes to that <laughs> i was just running through my, my day was running through my mind right now so all right so that's um that's boundaries what about the next key i think we have two more to go right we do six and seven so six is finding rest so learning to slow your schedule and having intentional times of rest is that different than self-care or is that uh, the same self-care is all encompassing gotcha, self-care okay. to me is like treating yourself like you would a friend so taking um, a lot of that is internal thoughts and rest is more um, like taking care of your physical body and needing that time. Mm, okay. Um, to rest. So uh, rest, we often don't take rest. I'm probably one of the worst people because I'm super task oriented. <laughs> Me too. Um, yeah, I get that. But, <laughs> but God was the ultimate role model. And when he talked about creation in the Bible, they, he, he included rest as part of perfect creation. So rest is a part of life. It's not something we do when we're completely depleted Mm -hmm. and there's no other option and our body, you know, back injury flares up or, you know, we get that sinus infection because we're so depleted and that's when we rest. No rest needs to be a part of our week of a part of our life. I love that. So our keys so far have been know who you are, meditation, staying connected, self-care, boundaries, rest, and what's the final one, Laura? And the seventh and final one is have fun. Yay! <laughs> Yay! I like that one. <laughs> that one's not so hard to no, do. I can do that. Yeah. yeah, do something that you enjoy, something that soothes your soul and makes you smile. It's so good to laugh and enjoy life. Right. So Mm -hmm. um, in order to be able to withstand difficulties, you need to enjoy and have fun when times are when you're able to. One of the things that I was reflecting on is and, and, and kind of rediscovered is that what is fun for me might not look like fun for someone else. And that's going back, circling back. to The first one is knowing who you are. And that's that whole introverted, extroverted, and personal interest. And it, your fun doesn't have to look like other people's fun, right. but something that you enjoy and that soothes your soul. Yeah, I love that. And, and you know what's so interesting about that is there's definitely that sense of what, I, what, what, what is fun for me is not always the same as what's fun for Christina. But when I choose mm-hmm. to do something that's fun for her, mm-hmm. um, I think other than the initial inertia in doing that, yeah. I find that I actually have quite a bit of fun too. So for us this past <laughs> weekend, at the time of this recording, we drove uh, to Red Deer. It's about an hour and a half mm-hmm. from where we are, really just to go have burgers. And not, <laughs> not that there aren't any burger places where we are, but, uh, and then donuts and and basically just go do do a trip. And, and that is not something I would want to do. But that is all me. Yes. Like adventure, <laughs> trying something new, that just fills me up. Yeah, so. and I had so much fun mm-hmm. seeing Christina yeah. have so much fun. So it's a yeah. it's a neat way to be able to serve one another in our marriages too. 
Well, Laura, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and talking about the seven keys to resiliency for exhausted parents, or maybe just say me. (laughs) Just for Yeah, for us. Thanks for speaking (laughs) to us on this podcast. So So many (laughs) wonderful tools to be able to put into our tool belt as well to uh, continue on serving others, but also taking the time to fill our own cup. Awesome. So Laura, um, what's the best place that our podcast family can connect with you if they want to learn a little bit more about Hope Made Strong and where can they find you on the socials? Well, hopemadestrong.org is the website. So you can find all the resources there, blog, uh, YouTube links and um, courses. And then I am on Instagram and Facebook and I am part of the generation that is Still uncomfortable with that, so I don't even know. You just look up Hope Made Strong. I really should know that. Off <laughs> we'll put it in the yeah, show. We'll put it in the That's show notes. Yeah. On Facebook. <laughs> I love and it. Then, yep. Well, two oh decades God. later, this is what you get. <laughs> You be you, right? <laughs> <laughs> know who you are, number yep, one. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I love it. Technology awesome. is not my thing, but here, here for the ride. Oh, oh awesome. So awesome. All right. Oh, thanks, God. Laura. Oh, it was just such a joy to have Laura on our podcast and be able to continue the conversation of what to do if you feel exhausted and just sleeping more. Yes, that's a great tool, but it's not the only thing that we have in our tool belts. Yeah, so we hope you can share this episode with a friend or a fellow exhausted parent. You may <laughs> know a few or two. Just hit the share button on your podcasting app or just go to inbetween.org slash episode 108. You can text them that link and we would be honored if you would share this with a friend. All right. So next week, what are we going to be talking about? On episode 109, we'll be interviewing Rosie McKinney about what to do if your spouse is addicted to porn. All right. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>